0: Welcome to episode 216 of Ask Alex on the OneOuter.com podcast. We're coming at you. I've not spoken in a long time. This is February 2021, and the whole world is, you know, it's not like the world it was when we used to do the podcast regularly. (laughs) Uh, Let's put it that way. But we can assure you for a bit of security and comfort in these times that the OneOuter.com podcast remains exactly the same, totally unprepared, (laughs) unscripted, and answering questions that were sent in before someone had some bat soup in uh, Wuhan, China, or or whatever caused this, allegedly, you know. Um, Alex, we have spoke about doing a show again a couple of times last year, and it never got together, usually due to my laziness um, or being busy. (laughs) busy watching DVDs and films and Blu-rays and etc. Actually, it's mainly Blu-rays now. I treated myself to a new big television. And when you put, te- without sounding like a snob, when you put DVD <laughs> on and you watch it on a 75-inch screen now, some of them just look awful and ridiculous. You actually do need to replace them with the Blu-rays. It's really strange. It's like uh, yeah. VHS or something. I don't know. Um, but I'm alive and well. As you can hear, Alex is alive and well. We hope all our listeners are alive and well. Um, You know, crazy times, but we are here. We're going to do this show. We're going to answer some questions that are still been lying around in a notepad on my phone. So apologies to anybody that has sent one of them in and has been waiting patiently on an answer. Um, It is coming. We, We do get to everything eventually, as promised. And Alex has also got information on a product that he has, that he's discounted for sale. And it's just a quick sale. It's only gonna be on for five days, but we'll get to that later. Um, Alex, it's good to hear from you. We've had a little chat before we came on, but if you wanna tell the listeners what you've been up to and what's happening.
1: Hello, beautiful people. How are you doing? It's good to talk to you. Once, Once again, Barry and I are selling tapes out of the back of our pickup truck at the latest concert we're putting on. And uh, concert gigs have been fewer and far between lately, but we're very happy to be speaking to you again. I'm in good, Barry. I, I can't change anything. Uh, it's not on me to change anything. I try to help where I can. I try to help people when I can because my personal opinion is, if you're not cutting a check or volunteering, it doesn't really mean anything. So. I I did a lot of pouting and then I realized, wow, this doesn't do anything for anyone. I tried to do something, maybe not as much as I would like to help, but you know, I tried to do what I can. And I don't know, man. Not not a whole lot I can control. So I've tried to control what I can control. A buddy of mine is this beast when it comes to cardio training. I said, can we get on Skype and can you show me? Well, actually, he offered. I shouldn't say <laughs> that makes me sound like I'm really um, I'm really industrious. But actually, what happened is he said, "Here, let me show you something," and he got me working out a lot better and doing more cardio stuff. I couldn't believe what you could do indoors as far as cardio, just you know, just like crab walks or burpees or high knees or any of that, and just putting that all together. 40 seconds on, 20 seconds off with ESPN on, listening to my podcast, listening to my audiobooks. I got the resistance bands out and trying to do strength training because I can't go to a gym as easily anymore. I've been doing that. I've been reading more than I've ever read in my life. I've been trying to work out. I wouldn't say I'm working out too hard, but it's a lot easier when you can listen to podcasts at 2x speed or you can listen to audiobooks at 2x speed and just rotate in and out. Try to do that. Get my vitamin C, get my vitamin D, get my zinc. Playing a lot of poker. There's going to be way more products coming out in 2021. We just had Poker Without Fear, which was really tricked out. Master Tournament Poker in one class. How to Think Like a Poker Hybrid. And I spent a lot of time on that. People really love that. I was really grateful for that. And I've got a new theoretical video pack coming out pretty soon. And this new one is kind of like the old test your pokers, except for there's damn near 400 questions. And it's just soup to nuts in a $33 tournament with just, you know, bazillions of runners on uh, a major American side, uh, America's card room, uh, winning poker network, just like going from start to finish. And, you know, all the way from the starting stack to heads up, and just doing every decision. So that was really fun to be able to put that together. I've been automating a lot of things, trying to get this stuff out faster because people, they need their entertainment and poker is entertainment. Entertainment is sacred right now. I totally agree with you when it comes to the Blu-rays, man. I was watching the Alien Blu-rays. I watched Alien, Aliens and Alien 3 that turned. But Alien and Aliens, man, on Blu-ray, they looked incredible. But yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, you need the entertainment. And the great thing about poker is you can be entertained and make a couple of bucks. I love it. So I've been working on a lot of that, getting new stuff out, trying to play a lot more too. the last uh, two sessions I've played. I've been having a hard time finding time to play because I've been working a lot on the products and stuff. But uh, the last two times I've played, I've had three final tables. So I'm trying to commit those to like a test your poker style product where it's just, you know, like, look at this situation. You have 15 seconds. Tell me what you do. Come on, come on, come on. And really trying to drill people from concept to execution because a lot of people get the concept, but in execution, it's really easy to get your thoughts muddled in the moment. So what we have to do is we have to drill that before you get your big final table because we don't want you learning what mistakes you typically make on the grand stage. It would be much better to figure that out for 20 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever it is before all of that. But yeah, you know, controlling what I can can controlling what i can control barry that's been the name of the game so far yeah you you kind
0: of threw me at crab walks i've just got this picture of you going around your house like the girl from the exorcist
1: (laughs) exorcist i meant to say uh what what do you call bear crawls crab walks yeah all of that yeah i forgot about the exorcist stuff yeah, yeah that, that's, well, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I man, that that's one movie I'm not watching right now. I used to watch a lot more horror movies.
0: Yeah. I am
1: not touching that man. I'm all about the Disney movies right now. That's like taking your vitamins. You watch a Disney movie. I've never watched a Disney movie and 90 minutes later been like that sucked. That uh, I'm not in a good mood anymore. Uh, it, it, it's really cool. Disney Plus, too, they have all the really tricked-out versions now. and It looks really nice on the flat screen.
0: Yeah, horrors like that. I mean, I did my usual horror binge back in October and um, the Halloween was like that, and by the end of it, I was like, oh, God, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but... I love horror. And don't get me wrong, there's horror, then there's horror. I mean, I watched them, um, you know, you get the 80s sort of fun horrors, like
1: you know phantasm um, and
0: whatever things like well I've, I've never seen phantasm alex but funny you should say it it's been recommended to me and i actually got the box set um for christmas <laughs> of course you did. yeah no, <laughs> of course you did a gift i put it down i always check my amazon basket for stuff that i'm like i would like that and when people ask you know what do you want for presents i just go there you go pick someone from there and I got that, um, you know, for Christmas. So I, I've got to check that out. It looks freaky. The nice.
1: nice.
0: But yeah. then there's other horror that, like you say, is disturbing, kind of like makes you think or feel. And, yeah, it's probably not the best of times to be watching stuff like that just now. But um, I watched a lot of Dario Argento stuff as well, like horrors. I mean, some of that is just complete head screwing. You know, those films, um, the soundtrack, like, oh, just... Yeah and the visuals and that, they are really weird and freaky. But um, a friend of mine, ages ago, dropped off like five Blu-rays, like well before COVID and I've had them and I've been working my way through them. And obviously we're like more, even more time on my hands. Yes, it was possible I had even more time on my hands. (laughs) Um, And I sat and watched through them and there was Suspiria, Night at the Opera. And then there was Phenomena, which was really weird. Jer- uh, jennifer garner and donald pleasance was in that that was a really weird film but good um and yeah those are a bit you know sort of darker things like that but now i've been watching a lot of uh, 80s and early 90s classics you know heat i watched um that was really good with pacino and De Niro, um lots of jean-claude van damme stuff steven seagal you know, put it on and forget about it stuff, um, you know, that, that's that been enjoyable, and then I've been doing some documentaries and things as well, like on my list, working my way through lots of bits and pieces um, to watch through, but yeah, we've all got plenty of time to do that, so people that say to me, oh, I never have time for that, you get in touch with them, and they're still not watching stuff, and I'm like,
1: well, if- <laughs> Yeah, get off your dead ass and watch some Blu-rays. Barry yeah. said so. Second on Twitter and
0: Facebook, and any time I log into Facebook, they're online on that. I'm like, oh what yeah. Time? So I don't, I don't know, but yeah. Hopefully you're all enjoying. Um, you know, some of you will be working from home, and some people will hate that. Some people will be loving it, but hopefully all our listeners are well and you know not not uh, suffering this too badly or their their loved ones and stuff. Uh, I lost lost a friend personally. Um, I can't remember if we mentioned that in the last podcast or not. We did do a podcast last year. Um, But, yeah, my friend, uh, who was older, he was in his 60s, and he died of coronavirus in April last year. And I had to watch his funeral um, on a webcam thing because it was five people allowed at the funeral at this time in Scotland and it was his kids, and uh, that was it, who was at the funeral. You know, and it was really strange um, watching it because it wasn't like a, a crap webcam. It was a good webcam stream, you know, good quality visuals and sound, So which made it even weirder or something. I don't know. It was, like, really crystal, and I'm sitting there with headphones on watching a friend of 22 years, like, being cremated it was really really strange i mean we talk about the twilight zone and black mirror and stuff like that i mean we're all kind of living that just now so um you know we do joke around and stuff but on a serious note i hope everyone is well who's listening to this and uh you know mentally and physically and um if you're not you're you know you've got someone to speak to or you know there's lots of numbers and stuff you can call and speak to someone and you know get through it and you know i know it's been a year but before you know it i do i think we're starting to you know i think maybe this half of the year could still be pretty much the same very cautious but hopefully towards the end of 2021 we can see a bit of light you know coming out the tunnel and um at the end of the tunnel rather and um we can sort of start getting back to semi-normality um yeah it is it's strange it's strange strange times but we will get into the questions uh, because you've waited, I don't know, a year and a half or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will get into them. Alex, if you want to say something just now while I dig out a question or, um, you know, the, the floor is
1: yours. You know what, guys? I it, Just one little thing while Barry is looking up something, something that's helped me, Uh Not, I I didn't know we were going to go this serious route, so I didn't really have anything prepared. But the reason why a lot of times we want to talk with someone we love is because when we actually get to articulate how we're feeling, if someone is a good listener and just probes with the right questions and asks the right things, as opposed to we've all had the experience of talking to someone that is not perhaps doing those things and doesn't allow us to hear our own thoughts and feel better as we understand ourselves more. If you're in a situation right now where that's difficult, where the internet connection might not be the greatest, it's harder to do it on Zoom, or maybe you just don't feel as comfortable on the phone, I I find journaling really helps. I I was really needing to talk to someone, and it, it was hard to do that at the beginning. I found journaling really helped me out uh, even freehand too, just keeping it analog can really help you. And if you do want to talk to someone, I'll I'll be frank with you all. I talk to a therapist every week on my cell phone. Uh, I probably look like a crazy person walking around New York city screaming, you know, on my cell phone, like one of the crazy (laughs) New York city people, but no, I don't do that. But, uh, I, I do, I'll go for a walk, a lot of fresh air that, that really helps. It really seems like the fresh air helps. You, it, you don't realize it, but if you go a few days without it, it does something. And yeah, I'll talk to my therapist once a week. Uh, we do it on the phone. Apparently there's a lot of services that'll help now with that. I, I know in the States, they got a few of them. Uh, I think it was Michael Phelps was uh, talking about one of them recently. Or I, I guess he's a, uh, one of the people who he's sponsored by them. It, forgive me if I am messing up the details, but it, since we're talking strategy, those things, journaling, talk, if you can, talking to someone on the phone, that seems to help. And I, I find a lot of the time when I'm talking to family members on the phone, a lot of the times people will want to text. And the few, I, I, I just go, look, I, I don't text. I don't like that right now. Can we talk on the phone? And talking on the phone actually seems to help a lot because it's weird. It's like you need calories to sustain, sustain yourself and... The texting just feels like drinking diet soda, expecting that's going to really sustain you. And I, I I don't find that happens. So no, I, I uh, uh,
0: podcast definitely does not endorse sugar free fizzy juice. It must, <laughs> it must be sugar. It must be sugar. I will not have any of that rubbish. Uh, yeah,
1: get, get on the phone and get yourself some real mexican coca-cola with the sugar cane do the right thing well i've it been is... buying 24 uh,
0: bottles of glass uh, you know the glass bottles of coca-cola uh, yes, from sir. a company in the uk getting it delivered i'll give them a plug bring me drink.co.uk it's called and this big box <laughs> this big box turns up with like bring me drink.co.uk tape right around it all and he's been here three times in the last like four weeks and I said to the delivery guy, it's been the same delivery guy. And I says, Look, it's Coca-Cola. I'm not an alcoholic here, you know. I'm so <laughs> he drinks oh, and- like, Yeah, it's okay, mate. I'm not like judging. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: like, I'm not drinking Jack and Coke. That makes it worse, Barry. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, uh, I'm just teasing. Uh no, I uh God man, I, I just I go get a coffee every day at the, my local coffee shop. There was one coffee shop that stayed open during all of this and they were barely keeping it together. And yeah, like they, God, yeah, I get my coffee from there. But yeah, that's, uh, I miss the fizzy juice, man. It was, uh, it's uh, it tastes so good with the sugar. Anyways, let's go ahead with, uh, okay, let's, go, let's do it. Right, so this question, I'm just starting to remember
0: now, it's jogged my memory. The last podcast we did, I remember saying the question, the next question we were going to say for the next show because it was really good. So <laughs> this has just hit me now. It is a good one, but it's quite uh, it's quite expansive. But we'll we'll go with it. Uh, this is from Oz. Um, I think that's the guy's name. Like, it must be Aussie or like it's Oz, not rather than Australia. The guys signed the email off Oz. Um. Hi, I have a quick question and hopefully one you will both enjoy. What is the quickest way and most likely way to have a $100,000 poker bankroll? You can be as careless as you want. Say you had to do it in a year. What would your strategy be? Let's say starting with 1K and you can reload once only. You can play anything you want. Look forward to both your answers.
1: I, I, I was about to say, wait a minute. You you can be as risky as you want, get a really good job and just reload over and over again and play tournaments. Right. (laughs) uh, I was like, man, this one's easy. (laughs) Good thing we tease this one out for 15 and a half months. Uh, No. uh, Well, let's see. Okay, so let's say you have a thousand dollars and you're trying to get to one hundred thousand. He didn't say how many hours we have, right? So, no, it's... No, it
0: just seems pretty like you can reload once, you start with, let's say, a 1,000, and you can play anything you want.
1: Well, the big thing being, if you're trying to make consistent income, I always went with cash games, but it's just an arms race now to get better. There's so much reg versus reg play. Actually, that's another thing we're working on in 2021 is putting out isolated episodes on how to play reg versus reg. And if anyone saw the first lesson I put out, the first hour long lesson about that reg versus reg, and it was hijack versus button, it it gets intense. It's a it's a really intense thing. So I'm saying so if you have a short time frame. If you're a super genius, yeah, you go with the cash game route. But let's assume you're human, such as myself. What should you do? Now, the route I took to making serious money is I just played tournaments all the time and had what I would call a protected bankroll, but not a very protected bankroll. So if you were playing tournaments professionally, you would prefer to have 200, 300 buy-in, something Extreme in order to keep that risk of ruin at bay. If you can reload, let's say you have a thousand dollars, I'd play the five dollar tournaments, the ten dollar tournaments, the twenty dollar tournaments when you just see a bunch of people in them. And I would just play as hard as humanly possible because there's a lot of edges in tournaments that people still don't see. It's one of those things where, let's say, you have King Do suited and it's on the hijack, well, you should fold that 96% of the time or whatever it is. But if you notice the players behind you just are not playing back at all, in tournaments, you can attack a lot because for whatever reason, tournaments attract multitablers, gamblers. And a lot of times you'll see people just autopiloting. And what that means is they'll give you the in position. You'll get to be in position versus the button on a number of deals. So if you just focus on that, really working on exploiting the big blind, really trying to, okay, the board comes, King 10, five, I have King do suit, and I, how can I make the 10 pay me three times? Just stuff like that. And if you have like King Jack going, hold up, now he called from the big blind, he's got King four and all of this here, how do I get three big shells from him? If you do that and you're really working on identifying who's the loose player, who's going to pay you off with just any pair Who's limping in a ton of the time? That happens a lot. There's a lot of guys that limp in a ton, especially if you play on national sites that more or less run like a lottery, are sites that bring in a lot of loose money, like an ignition. You'll have a lot of guys just limping in and calling you down. If you just keep firing and putting together those big stacks and you work on your shoving ranges uh, with an ICMizer or something along those lines, you can get really far and it'll be there's a really good chance you'll put some serious results together. Now I'm assuming you have a lot of time when you ask this question because that's always the extra requirement that is a little bit more difficult. And that's something poker trainers always forget. Sometimes they'll give a recommendation and it's with the understanding that, Hey, you're just like me when I was 18 years old you have 60 hours a week to play poker. Now, if that's obviously your time is much more limited I would be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe $10, $20 tournaments. And then if you start shipping up $50 tournaments, but just like one a session and really focus on that. And I'd really just really focus on, if you're talking about the basics, you're talking about opening when people aren't three betting and three betting guys that open too much. There's still a lot of them. Now it's going to change based on sites. Uh, Let's say on, a site with more experienced players are that attracts more of the, that those type of players, you're going to be three betting a lot more because people get really infatuated with opening. And if you get a lot of guys that play recreationally, pretty much everybody wants to see the flop. There's just different approaches to that. The more experienced player will raise, assuming people aren't going to three bet enough. So the way they're going to get to see the flop is by raising the less experienced player will limp just hoping nobody raises. But they, everybody still wants to see the flop. The idea is to exploit that tendency by raising more in position, isolation raising more in position as much as possible, and also realizing many people just give you a big pot when they're in the big blind. The worst player at every table seems to be the big blind. If a, if a guy limped in from middle position with jack two suited and called a three X raise and then the board came king jack five and he called down like three streets, people would look at that and go, damn, OK, that's uh, it's probably not going to lead to a bunch of wins. But for some reason, when somebody calls a three X raise with jack two suited out of the big blind, the board comes king jack five and they check call the flop and on the turn, they don't really quite believe you. And they call again on the river. They pay off a small bet because I just got to see it. And they hold their cards over the muck. And then they look at your king, 10 or whatever. They go, nice hand, nice hand. Nobody bats an eye. It's like, that was 15 big blinds, man. That's your win. Like that's your win rate for the next hundred, 200 hands. Like game over. If you're going to give that away and you can start shelling people by three betting the big blind more. So you're not susceptible to this as well. I think a lot of the loose money, is still in tournament poker i love tournament poker i'm still playing a lot of tournaments my last two sessions Barry, my god one session went 16 hours long the second one i think went 15 hours long and there was a part I of me that was 15
0: years.
1: minutes <laughs> <laughs> was hours, and the next
0: one was 15 minutes
1: <laughs> I've, had, I've had those before i actually uh there was one uh Back in 2019, uh, ACR was doing those million-dollar tournaments. And the first one I played, they had two, like one on Saturday, one on Sunday. The one on Saturday, I got into the final like 100 or whatever it was. So I was just playing all night. And then the next day, I busted it. I I, I busted that tournament. The next day, I busted in 15 minutes. So there was one day I played like 11 hours, 12 hours. The next day, I literally busted in 5, 10 minutes. That happens too. There's nothing worse than those days. I remember back when I used to play –
0: you know every day and regularly you know for years and the the days where you really felt up for it like a you know a Sunday or a you know a a Tuesday or something you just took a notion you woke up and you're like I can't wait to grind today and like I'm gonna crush it and you load up things and whatever and you just go in with that mindset and hope and it's just bang 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 close down close down register rebuy. And yes. you know it's like two three hours and you're nowhere in anything and you got one table left or something. And like, <laughs> yeah. What's f- happening? I was so up for it. <laughs> you
1: know, yes. Like, yeah, and we've all been there. Well, that's a, I'm much more selective about when I play now because I can work on other things if I'm not feeling up to that, but. Yeah, it's one of those things, those 16-hour, 15-hour sessions. If you don't feel that up for it right at the beginning, you sure as hell are not going to feel up for it on hour 11 when you really need it. And these were different networks I was playing on that happened. But that was something I was going to say. Those sessions I was going to bring up. uh, Tournament poker has been good to me lately. And a lot of it is just toughness. It's a lot of how clear-headed can you keep yourself that many hours in and can you still keep going after the big blind can you handle having a hand go against you because at some point a hand will go against you can you keep hammering there's a there's a lot of times you'll have something blow up in your face and it's really tempting to go no man i'm just gonna sit here and jam my chips when i feel like it's right or not and if you can be the guy that sees the spot and goes after it consistently i i still think these games will treat you very well whereas Cash games, like that, that is a lifelong career. That is something you really, I I would say the average guy would have, if you're trying to go from 1,000 to 100,000, I'd say try to keep 100 big blinds in your role and take shots on occasion when you just see the tournament is pretty loose or there's just so many runners. Do that like once a week, like on a Sunday, right? When there's just bazillions of runners. Most of the time when I'm playing, I love to play those Sunday tournaments because the the standard of play is so bad. Whereas if you play on a weekday, that, you're playing with a lot of guys that play every day of the week. That's their goal. Whereas if you think about recreational players, they, they have Sunday off, they have Saturday off, they have Friday night. So it's going to be a different caliber of player. That would be my recommendation right there. Uh, obviously, if you can take a shot. And you want to know how you can take the most shots is... Keeping, you keeping things disciplined as far as the money you're bringing in, and keeping working a day job is a big deal. Like there's no shame in, and that's actually something you can leverage. Like if you have money coming in from another source, like okay, so we're talking about you have a thousand dollars. Okay, how do, how do we turn that into a hundred thousand? Well, I take shots this way, and you're saying okay, you can reload once with a thousand dollars. Well, make it so. Hopefully, if we can work hard in another venue, you don't want to be reloading consistently. But knowing that that second $1,000 shell isn't the last one, that actually helps you quite a bit and it comforts you. And that can help you when you're deep in the tournament. Whereas if you're playing professionally, obviously you're thinking about the wife, the kids, your, your mother that you're taking care of, whatever it may be. And that can be a little bit more pressure, and if you don't feel that pressure, I can't imagine that would be hurtful to you as far as your play. Now, obviously, you don't want to say, I can reload whenever I want. There's a delicate balance, so you don't want to just go, let's put this 1,000 down right here, right? Let's see what happens and keep doing that. But if you can keep yourself to, let's say you're playing with a 1,000 bucks, Depending on how protected you want to be, I I play the fives, the tens, the twenties because I, I personally I just love poker and I want to play as much as possible. If you don't have as much time, I think throwing a fifty in there on occasion is good. It's also good to have goals, such as once I get this to two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, whatever it is, okay, then I'll play this one o nine I see every Sunday that just has stupid stupid number. A stupid number of people and not playing well. I see playing my 20s or 50s. And yeah, you also have to consistently be working on your game. That's another big part. If you're working on your game and really calibrating yourself and staying as an aggressive person, because what what happens most of the time is people get whipped around and they get shell-shocked. And then they do this thing where it's like, I only get my money in with the best of it, which means... I wait around, I wait around, I blind down, and by the time somebody calls me, well, they're playing with money I might have lost in other pots when I was folding the C-bets and not three-betting when I should have or just cold-called and missed the flop or something. So that's not necessarily a trajectory you want to pursue. You want to be the person that's winning pots without a showdown, and if you focus your studies on that, I think things will go a little bit better for you in the long run. And I just think...
0: It has to be tournaments. I think anybody asking that question or even looking at interested in setting themselves a challenge like that is definitely more suited to tournaments and also probably knowledge base is because cash players who can turn a thousand dollars into a hundred thousand in a year, like you say, their game's going to be so tight. They're just going to have to do the maths, put in the hours and grind out the win rate BBs per hundred, however many hours at the table's, Shot taking, you know, moving up, you know, one, two, they probably start at 50 NL or something, 20 buy-ins at it for a sort of challenge like that, and then get up to 2,000, move a 100, and then take shots and up and down the stakes, ladders at that point. I think realistically for anybody listening to this, I mean, you know, you could play poker for five years, starting with a $1,000, playing tournaments and still never hit a $100,000 bankroll in terms of that's your balance. So I'm... Um, I think it's it's um, I don't want to say far fetched. It's good to dream and have hopes and goals of and stuff of that. But I think what Alex says, you know, it has to be tournaments. And then, yeah, shot taken and You're going to have to run hella good. Let's say say
1: that. Well, I have not heard that term in a while. But uh, yeah, well, the other thing I was going to say, real quick. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in, Barry. Hard in Scotland ever hella good either. So. Uh,
0: <laughs> well yeah i think that was a first um but yeah playing you know whatever site it is probably i don't know what alex thinks about this but mixing in maybe a lot of the the equivalent of you know the the 36 players or the 180s like stars type tournaments or 90 man turbos and things there's a lot of dead money in these things for your initial thousand you could play a week or two of them really grinding them out and getting a volume in and maybe double your stake to two thousand, or even if you run good, three thousand dollars or something, and then playing yeah all the twenty dollar tournaments online. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. Still, like when you go onto a site like Betfair or Grosvenor Poker or um, you know America's Cardroom, places like that, you're playing a twenty dollar tournament. Don't like still to this day, years later, and years I've been hearing it. Don't say that poker's finished and there's no money in poker anymore because you see it time and time again the first levels the first two three four five levels and then even deep in tournaments when some of these people get a run in them the play's horrendous some of the decision making's mad 300 big blinds all in with ace queen and you know ace king things like that so there's loads of edge and value in that that could still be had so yeah tournaments get your grinding hat on and uh yeah good luck to you if you're doing it and if anyone is, let us know how you get on. A, a year later, when we do our next episode, you might have achieved. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the other thing I was going to say right before we get to the next question, it, the, the other thing is the rake in cash games, especially online, is something you really—it's—it's it's tough to beat. Whereas, it, yeah, yeah be- Barry's bringing up Poker Stars, which wouldn't be my first pick I, because many people can only play like four tables, and that's totally fine if you're playing on a. Uh, micro gaming or whatever it is or uh, if you're you live in one of those countries that has a state registered site that's that's great something along those lines Uh, or if you play on a site that doesn't have terrific software who cares if it's three or four tables because what happens is a lot of professionals they want to play a lot of different tables so if the software isn't terrific for multi-tabling they tend to shy away from it that's really good for you if you're just going to be playing a few tables but yeah the thing with tournaments is once you get enough runners in there it's going to be very difficult for it to be a very difficult tournament for lack of better terminology because now, if there's a hundred runners and it's a high buy in, most likely you're dealing with a bunch of ringers. But if you see that field size really get up there, okay. There there's something to that. We can definitely work with that. All right, let's go let's go into uh the next question. Yeah. Um, just on that though about poker stars, I was just using that as a
0: comparison for those type of settings. Uh, oh yeah,
1: definitely. Rather than yeah.
0: big MTTs. I I'm not saying everyone go and play on poker stars. I've not played on Poker Stars for you. In fact, last time I was on there, my advice with a thousand dollars to make a hundred grand would just be head straight for the roulette wheel. They make it really easy now to get <laughs> um, or the slots. You might be better, you know, on poker stars on the roulette wheel. Um okay, this one is from Jimmy. I'm mainly a cash game player, but the excerpt from the how to think like a poker player class that you shared really fascinated me. I've heard you mention that this class is geared towards tournament play, but would the concepts translate into deep stack cash gameplay? Thank you.
1: Hey, that's a really quick answer we can throw in there. Um, how to think like a poker player is, it deals with players that open too much, call out of the big blind too much, and see bet too much. So when you play live cash, that's pretty much everyone. So yeah, it applies a lot of the times at live cash. Now, when you go play online, you might be playing 25 and L and somebody somewhere is leveraging that currency and they tend to be more professionally minded. So they won't have those really blatant inconsistencies that we can play very exploitatively versus. But I do have a package called Master Small Sticks Cash Games in one class. If you want to write me at, alex at pokerheadrush.com you know, because we got back to you within 14 men- months of this message, I'm sure, what are the chances this guy's going to hear this? <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, that, that's kind of like number one on podcasts, right? Like, post consistently, and we're like, okay, what about once every year and a half? What do you yeah, think about that?
0: do get in touch if you did, because it'd be funny <laughs> to hear the next time.
1: <laughs> Jeez, uh, my lord. Anyway, um, a- anywho, um, yeah. So, how to think like a poker player does apply in a lot of s- softer games, yes, it, and it really does deal with chip EV a lot of the time, which does come up with cash games, and that that will happen on the softer sites. But I, I, I would take a different approach to a lot of cash games, and I did I, I felt I needed to discuss that extensively. That's why there's another pack, but I did do uh, poker without fear. Poker without fear really expands on the how to think like a poker player model, and I did use a lot of cash game examples. In that, I I, te- I used a lot of tournament examples as well because people really expect that from me. A lot of the people who write in to me are very much fans of tournaments, so I really try to help them too. But yeah, there's a number of different cash game hands in situations that come up in that package. So uh, be sure to sign up for the newsletter pokerheadrush.com, and the next time. Uh, I did that project with Advanced Poker Training, so the next time they decide to put that on sale, you'll definitely get an email discussing that.
0: Okay, and I missed the link to the last one. This is this is how rusty I am. Um, it was the perfect time after speaking about the 100K Challenge playing tournaments to say with $89 of it, I would have bought Alex's product that's on sale, which <laughs> yeah. is out about how to final table the $50,000 guaranteed. So I'm going to insert that link here. Um, We're going to answer the last question I've got. There's two questions, but it's quite funny. I've just read the one was from a guy named Mark, and it's about EV Big Blinds Per Hundred. And then the one we just got an email last week, it was a Mark uh, Adams. I'm assuming it's the same Mark that's emailed like eight or nine months later. (laughs)
1: It's
0: a winded question about EV Big Blinds Per Hundred. So we're going to combine those two. So thanks, Mark and Mark Adams, who I think are the same guy, for messaging in. Um, and then we'll talk about the deal that Alex has got for a huge discount on that how to final table, the fifty thousand guaranteed uh, product he's got. It's like a, you wouldn't call it a webinar, Alex. You would call it a sort of um, training package. What would yeah, you-
1: training training pack. It's it's very much it's very much. Uh, if I was working with you privately, I would be showing you lots of situations and going, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go quick. You have 15 seconds. Come on. And I'd be saying the same things if you miss things. And yeah, it's just all packaged like that. It's this Instead of having to pay $200, $300 to work with a poker trainer, it's $10 an hour. And obviously, I can offer you a discount because I'm not there personally. But it's a lot of the same notes I would give you if we got to talk. And it's a really relevant, recent you're talking about I want to turn a thousand dollars into a lot of money. This was a thirty-three dollar buy-in. I want to say I cashed out for let's see, yeah, it was like five thousand or something like that. That's uh, I'll be honest with you, I'd have to look up the official score because I just kind of ran off. Uh, uh, I was uh, I was very livid at the final table. Let's put it like that. I was I got pretty competitive and uh, I didn't get things to go as well as I wanted. So maybe I didn't hang around as much as I should have, but yeah, if you want to actually, you know, let's put 30 bucks down, let's get through thousands of people. This is, if you can match me step-by-step, blow-by-blow, move for move on this, you're well on the way to doing that because I, I thought this tournament wasn't the most difficult final table to make. So if you could match the moves, you definitely have a real likely shot of being able to do that yourself I think a lot of the times when we're not cashing we're not final tabling we don't articulate it but deep down we're really worried that maybe we're not playing the game as well but if we can watch our friends who are making final tables and we can test ourselves and say okay I would do this I would do that if there is a difference we can go oh really focus on this hand this is what he's doing different and if there isn't a difference we can go okay great I'm gonna be in that winner's circle eventually. I have proof of that. So yeah, it's a lot of that it's 350 plus questions and answers right there. A lot of quizzing, a lot of drilling.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's normally $300, but we're gonna talk about after this question, how you can get it for $89. And that will only be till Monday, the 8th of February. So this podcast goes out on the Wednesday, the 3rd of February. So you'll have literally five days to grab that for $89, and then it goes back up to 300. Um, So we'll talk about that after this question. So the question from Mark um, was, hey Alex, was wondering if you have any intention of putting out content on how to best improve your EV Big Blind per 100 stat. I know that Big Blind is mostly a losing stat, but was wondering how to improve it to the best possible level. And then, as I say, Mark Adams emailed in just last week, or the week before, it was recent. um, Hi, Alex. According to my positional stats, I should be a winning player, with the exception of the big blind. I am uh, plus EV per 100 big blinds. The numbers are low, but they are still positive. Even my big blind is only minus 38 per 100. Uh, The problem is I'm not winning. I am, at most, a break-even player i play micro stakes one dollar to five dollar tournaments and i'm stuck with being able to play only one site due to the state i currently live in because of that i am limited to the amount of tourneys i can play in any given day what am i doing wrong and what can i do to improve and maximize my win rate given the limited amount of tournaments i can play thanks a bunch and thanks for all you do for us so i'm assuming that is the same mark otherwise it's quite a coincidence that they are both similar questions, even though they were months and months apart. But um, if you can just talk about that, Alex.
1: Hi, Mark. Anyway, what I would do, you saw the disaster artist, right, Barry? Come on, give me a little love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, I was like, I was like, come on, man, this is a great drop. Barry will love this. A- anyway, all yeah, right, Tommy, what's his name again? Yeah, I watched it. Uh, Tommy Wiseau, or what? What Wiseau. was that yeah. his name?
0: Yeah,
1: I'm fr- I'm from the Big Easy. I'm your age. I I, I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. We 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 put that on at the beginning of uh, all the indoor time. Anyway, okay, getting into this. All right, my man, let's fix it up. Let's get let's get into this. Uh, let's. Let's fix up your win rate. Let's get you winning. Now let's talk about, first of all, the big blind. Obviously we all know it's very difficult to make money from the big blind. Well, actually it's impossible because the big blind is a forced bet and it's with any two cards. So it's almost like you start for every hundred hands you play you're negative 100 to begin with, because they just make you put that big blind out there. Now, if you save 70 of those big blinds out of hundred, that's fantastic. Now, how do you do that? It depends on the site. Sometimes on some of the weaker sites, what I'll do there is you have a guy who, he, he knows he's in late position. He knows he's in late position with the cutoff. He knows he's in late position with the button. He's supposed to raise. So you call him out of the big line and you get a board that isn't all over his opening range. So that, that could be low cards. That could be just one high card we typically don't like the boards with aces because people like to raise with a bunch of aces, but you can play around with this on flopzilla. It's a $30 piece of software put in the range. You think that you think he's opening and then just see how he does on it. Now we could take advantage of a very, on these weaker sites when these guys just kind of open because they think they got to open and they see what because they think they need to see bet. a lot of the times they're uh they're swinging with nothing. They've got nothing there. So you could check raise and really put the, really put it to them. And if they have 30, 40 big blinds, the next bet is all in, or it's most of their chips. A lot of the times they'll back off. Now, let's say you play on a tougher site and they know that trick that does happen on some of the, you know, the com sites or with some of the regs, even on some sites, some of the recreational players will not know that trick, but some of the regs will. So you have to do something else. Now, the thing about a lot of regs is they have a lot of tricks out of position. So they like calling out of the big blind. Also, most people call the big blind a little too much, if we're being perfectly honest, because three betting out of the big blind is scary. So let's say you have a guy who's a bit more of a reg. Now, you see the guy is a little more honest post-flop. So you see some folding on the flops, not hanging around a lot. He, He can read boards to a certain degree. Now, if he's the type of guy who'd be calling with ace-jack offsuit out of the big blind or calling with sevens out of the big blind, when you three-bet out of the big blind, he's going to think you have ace-queen-plus, eights-plus subconsciously, even if he doesn't articulate it. So what a lot of these guys do, they don't want to get exploited. and They know they're in position, so they'll call the three-bet. But once they miss the flop, they fold to the C-bet. Now, you might only play one hand like that with the guy or two hands like that with the guy every week or so. So he, he doesn't really need to think about that that often because most of the time it he defends himself a little bit and it doesn't really count mu- as much. But you'll be racking up some big blinds here and there. Position is only as important as the number of streets you play. So if the guy, if if it's a really simple formula, if the guy's not really peeling on the flop as much, he's playing a few too many tables. And if he misses, let's say he's got like, ace 10 and the board comes queen six two he's supposed to be calling there a certain percentage of the time based on what he thinks you're doing or whatnot if he's just rushed and he's not defending that much you could actually eke out a few big blinds there and i've been really successful with that play lately versus reg so you could three bet a little bit more uh you could check raise a little bit more donk leading is also an option there's a number of times let's say the board comes uh Let's say you have queen jack of diamonds and the board comes 10 of clubs 3 of diamonds 2 2 of clubs. Well, he raised, you called at the big blind. Let's say in this hypothetical, if you don't lead on that board and he calls really quickly, well, now we got to ask ourselves, wouldn't he have needed to think with it, it, and he's not going to be balancing as much cuz uh, I assume he's not going to know particularly what you're studying, what field of study you come from, but most guys kind of just play a little too quick, myself as well, because you're just playing so many tables. Most of the time, if you're a reg, you don't th- you're don't, you not maybe balancing as much as you should. But typically, people need a couple of seconds to think there with like jacks, queens, kings, aces, a set. Like, am I going to slow play right now? Or am I going to raise and try to get the money? And so they call really quick. And they, they more or less tell you, even if you didn't have this time to tell, combination-wise, the best hand they're going to have is a pair it's gonna be like a 10. And if you think he would have raised a bunch of flush draws, he doesn't even have a lot of those flush draws. So you lead with your three to a straight, three to a flush draw. If you turn to that straight, if you turn an overcard, good, you keep firing. If the turn's a club and you thought he would have raised a lot of his club draws, that gives you some bluff equity. So that's just a brief example of how donk leading could help you. Donk leading is a very dangerous play, though, so make sure you're studying it before you get into it. Check raising I've seen a lot of people pull off check raises, even when they're doing it a little haphazardly three betting out of the big line is a very dangerous play, but it's one of those things. If you want to learn this stuff, I would move down and start working on this and then bringing it, bringing it in to your higher stakes games as you feel more comfortable with it. Now that's how you would defend your big line just a little bit more. The other thing a lot of people do wrong in the big line is they flop a pair and they make their big decision on the river. So they, 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 they flop a pair on the flop. you got to start thinking right now, is this the type of guy who triple barrels? Because if he does, I need to know what I'm doing right now. Is this guy one and done? Is this guy always firing all the way through? And you have to start considering that because what a lot of people do is they call the flop, they call the turn, and then the river comes, they have this crappy pair and they look at this big old bed and they go, oh God, what am I going to do there? Now, humans have a bias. We do not like unresolved questions. If anybody has ever told you a joke and didn't tell you the punchline, it drives you crazy. If you ever get a tune stuck in your head while you're driving and you don't know what song it came from, it, it'll drive you mad. It's like, what what album was that? You know, that? And damn it, I was listening to that in high school. I haven't heard that song in a really long time. Why did that go through my head? It drives you insane. The way Netflix gets you to stay up till three in the morning is they give you a cliffhanger at the end And then the next episode starts playing and you tell yourself, okay, I'll just watch a couple of minutes to hear the answer to the cliffhanger. Before you know it, it's three in the morning. Humans abhor unresolved questions. So you get to that, you just got to realize humans, homo sapiens, myself included, we all are very susceptible to wanting to call on that river. I've got a hand from a couple years ago where I didn't pull the trigger and I'm still thinking about it. But I'll tell you what, when I make a bad call, I know what happened. it, It really answers that question, was he bluffing or not? Because that is something people will pay for. They want to know what you have. That's why if you've ever three bet a guy and then a really short stack moves all in behind you, People don't call your three bet nearly as much because they get to part of the reason they call your three bet is they want to see what you're three betting with. But if they get to see that for free, maybe they're not going to pay that for the privilege. But on the river, we have to understand that we are susceptible to paying too much money to see a hand that's very likely to be strong. Also, we get this crazy dopamine rush when we're right. That's the coolest feeling in poker calling with the weak hand, tabling it catching a guy in a bluff, everybody at the table, oh, nice Sam! thank you, thank you. If we're being perfectly honest, we live for that moment. That's the dopamine hit, that's the home run, that's the watching your team hit the winning goal, whatever it is, right? It hits you. Now, how you're gonna bring up your win rate, I would bet a lot of money that if you hit that cold call filter on your database, you might find you're losing more money calling with a hand on the hijack, in the cutoff, on the button than you would be if you just mucked the hand. Because if you just mucked the hand, you'd be negative the ante, whatever it might be. So that'd be negative 11 big blinds per hundred. If you see yourself like negative 200, negative 300, you're calling a lot. Now, this is something a lot of people mess up in tournaments is there's a guy with like 18 big blinds behind them and there's another guy with like 22X And there's another guy cold calling a lot and there's another guy with 28 X and somebody opens and they have nine, eight suited. They don't even think about it. It's like, oh, this hand flops. Well, it plays well in position. I'll call. Well, you don't realize the 18 X now, the 22 X has full license to shove. If that big, uh, calling station calls that puts so much money in there. If there was like a 28 X behind that, now he can shove cleanly. You're not even going to get to see that flop a lot of the time. And if the open was 2.5x, that means if you're not even seeing the flop, that's a 250 big blinds per 100 times that happens. you got to kick back out of That really screws you up. Always got to look to your left. Always make sure, is this guy shoving on me? Is this guy three betting? If there's a guy squeezing all the time, if there's a guy shoving all the time, you have to be super worried about that. and You can't be pissing away your big blinds. Look, this is how you know you're playing better poker. You remember when you started playing poker and you'd have nine deuce offsuit under the gun plus two and you'd fold it and the board would come queen nine two and you'd go, oh my God, if I had just played this hand, I'd have two pair. Then a couple years later, you know, that's ridiculous. Well, there's levels to that. A lot of times, no, think about when you flat with the nine, eight suited there, somebody jams you full. Nobody, no harm, no foul. Nobody says anything. And but if that board comes 10-7-6, and let's say the first guy opens, you folded, and it just folds around to the and he calls, and then the big one calls, and the board come 10, comes 10-7-6, comes you should have the exact same reaction. Like, I shouldn't have called anyway. It's a bad play, just like that 9-2 soft suit. That's what's sinking me, especially statistically, if we can prove it, and there's evidence that we're calling too much there, that's exactly what we should be avoiding. But that's not how humans are. We see that 10, seven, six and we go, oh my God, oh my God, what am I doing? Why did, I, did I come to the card room to fold? No, I came to the card room to play. Anybody could have called there. Anybody could have done that. And that's the other thing you wanna look at. They all fall into this category. Look at what you're calling in the big blind with when one person raises and another person calls. A lot of times people will call with like just anything there. Because what happens if they fold? And they they see they would have hit some goof-ass two-pair or something like that. They're like, what am I, an idiot? Anybody would have called here. But that's the thing. If everybody would have done it, is everybody a millionaire from poker? No. That can't be the right decision. If everybody has the same opinion. And just due to the rake being fairly pronounced in a lot of game types, most people are very small winners, and a lot of people are very small losers. And sometimes they have like one really good year, but a number of years after that, they'll be small losers. Maybe they're net winners overall, but it's, they're not getting a ton of traction. If, ever, if that's how everybody plays, everybody plays this patty cake, okay, I'll raise with whatever I want to raise with. You call with whatever you want to call with, and we'll all see the flop, and none of us will feel bad about ourselves tonight when we go home. We can all see if our hands got there you gotta break that cycle. That's why a lot of people are really afraid to three bet because it feels awful when we have like a really good hand and we three bet and somebody four bets us and we think maybe it was a bluff. It's like, I could have just seen the flop. What was I thinking? But we have to get rid of that loss aversion. We have to see reality on reality's terms. And a great way to see if we're overemphasizing something, take a look at that cold call. That, that cold call is a killer. You'll see that a lot of the times. Guys just call them when there's lots of stacks behind them or lots of three-betters. Take a look at that. My man, if you fix up those things, I, I bet a lot that that'll help. Oh, and if that isn't doing it, look at your opening ranges from each position. A lot of times people open way too much from early position. And I'm trying to think of off the top of my head what you can look for really quickly. A lot of people open way too much from early position. Uh, be very... Be very careful with hero calls. Take a look at that, because if you do, like, one bad hero call every two sessions, that's just it for your win rate. So uh, ca- calling uh, three bets without implied odds, that's a really that's a really big one as well. Uh, a lot of guys just never fall into a three bet, period. So uh, take a look at that one. Uh, start with those. I guarantee you'll find something that'll help you. Best of luck to you, Mark.
0: Okay. And that's all the questions we've got. So we did mention it previously. Alex is doing a deal uh, exclusive for oneouter.com listeners and his training pack, how to final table the $50,000 guaranteed, is reduced from $300 to $89 temporarily until the 8th of February. Now, you can get that by going to the link that I'll put in the show notes. I'll also post it in the Facebook group Facebook page and on Twitter as well. Um, so if you go to Facebook.com and search one OneOuter, you'll find the page there and the group. Um, if you've not in the, if you're not joined the group yet, just click to add to yourself and I will accept it. And we will have it, as I say, posted on the OneOuter.com website as well. You just click on that link, it'll take you straight to the Gumroad page. And it's $89 um, after Monday the eighth, it will go up to $300 and you won't be able to get it for that. Um, Alex, is there anything else you want to tell people about why they should grab this now? And yeah, close the show,
1: please. You, (laughs) You guys know the drill. I mean, you've heard what Barry and I have done. If you're listening at this point, my guess is you've been with us for a while. And yeah, it's just, it's like getting to work with me for nine and a half hours. And if you click on that link, you can actually watch the first episode all the way through. And the first episode has, there's a bigger introduction because after that, it's just action, 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 action. And I have to prepare you for 19 episodes. But yeah, if you wanna watch the first 30 minutes, just go to the eight minute mark and that'll get you to the testing content. That's a really good way to get deliberate practice in, to push yourself to your limits, you'll learn a little bit about actually tying in with what we were talking about today. We discussed big blind defense in that first episode. That's absolutely free. And we discussed people cold calling you. If I remember correctly, that's in that first episode. If uh, you want to double check me on that, go ahead and click on that link and the free episode will be at the top of that page. You can watch it. And if you want to get the next 18 episodes, nine hours, it's 10 bucks an hour. It's 89 bucks altogether. And yeah, this is a great way for, I'm going to be doing more of these packs in 2021 because something I've learned is I I, I was really obsessed for a few years with doing the, hey, give me three to five hours with you or 10 hours with you. I bet I can bring your win rate significantly up in this game. And that's a really fun challenge because you want to see if your playbook can beat everybody else, if you can teach it. And, but the thing is, you got to help people with the subtle shades of gray because so many weird situations come up in no limit hold'em, and those overall playbooks are really fun. I'm actually working on another one right now, but you need to drill people. It needs to be work because if you've ever watched athletics, there was a there was a baseball pitcher, John Smoltz. He developed a bad habit when he was 39, if I'm not mistaken, and he he played uh, one year where things really didn't go well until somebody was watching him pitch and they noticed his feet was his foot was off by just a just a bit. And it screwed up everything. You got to be practicing constantly to identify whether you have established bad habits, because that happens to all of us. We all do it. Every one of us, a lot of the times when I've been running bad, Barry, it's because I've developed bad habits. The faster I get rid of those bad habits soon, the more quickly I am in the winner circle. And a great way we can do that is just by testing ourselves by going, okay, let's do from the starting stack all the way to the final table C, where I would miss value, whereas my friend is getting value, my friend that got to this final table got value, where I'm calling, whereas he's folding. And just asking yourself, why do I do that? Do I believe? And you might not agree with me, but you might find some spots where you go, oh yeah, I should have folded there. Oh, that could be a huge issue, right? And you want to make sure that you're, checking yourself on those things like i miss value right there that would have set me up for a deeper run maybe that's why i'm finishing 55th or oh right there if i would folded that that would have kept me in the game maybe that's why i'm finishing 49th all the time and and this is an endless process but right now you can get you know it's uh 350 plus questions it's really fun also just from the entertainment standpoint it's like playing jeopardy at home right why is Jeopardy jeopardy been on the air for 30 years. It's fun to quiz yourself. This way, you can have fun, quiz yourself and get better and actually make a couple of bucks yourself. So I really like my job, Barry. It's really fun to give people this kind of thing. And it's really fun to be able to do it more at a discount now that something that everybody can afford 10 bucks an hour. So I'm really excited about this one.
0: I, he- I hear a lot of people have been getting some stimulus money and checks as well. So there's plenty of money in the economy just now. <laughs> for- <laughs> uh, people yep, can <laughs> play poker and everyone from home just sitting playing online poker and watching Netflix. Um, so, yeah, if you want to grab that, as I say, I will put the link in the show notes. They'll be on the blog post for this, episode 216, um, on onehour.com. They will also be in the Facebook group and on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, follow at oneouter.com. That's O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M, and you will find the link that way. Um, Alex, it's been fun, and on a serious note again, I did say at the start, it is good to be back speaking with you again and putting this out for people because we've said it before, and we do have a hardcore a bunch that listen and always support and get in touch on twitter and retweet things and share things and and um, sending questions etc so i'm i'm more than happy to, to to put this out and do it for them and and um, provide somebody with you know if, if you make one person laugh from it just now it's, it's been worth it and i'm sure a few people will take you up on your opportunity of that pack for 89 dollars as well that's a a good deal you've put out there We'll hopefully get another one of these done. Um, To be honest, it's me that's a little bit lazy and a bit, you know, I I got Blu rays to watch, man. You know, it's like. (laughs) What it's like as well, I'm bad at the best of times, but trying to schedule anything just now just feels like, whoa, like, you know, I've got got nothing to do for the next three months. You're going to have to give me a. You know. (laughs) To
1: to give me a, i should have sent a carrier pigeon to get your attention you were yeah, be like in front of that anything is just it feels like wait what's
0: this dot in the calendar now i don't know oh, like you know it's too much work i'm joking of course but uh yeah it's been good to be back and catch up so we'll try and get the next one out for you and you know i don't know less than a year i promise that anyway so. <laughs> yeah Uh <laughs> um, Well, thanks for listening. And um, Alex, how can people also still get in touch with you for anything extra you got going on and your newsletter as well before we do sign off?
1: Guys, I do everything through the newsletter. And look, like what Barry said, if you get one laugh out of it, you get some enjoyment out of it. That's payment enough for me. And if you don't have If you you don't want to spend anything, go to pokerheadrush.com, sign up for the newsletter. I send out free training practically every single day and pretty much the entire month of January, it was something new every single day. So if you want to check that out, do be sure to do that. There's podcasts that go out on there. There's training videos, really brief ones that you can fit into a busy schedule. There's articles. Make sure you're signed up for that. And yeah, you know, I'm going to get Barry to do more of these because I'll tell you what, I've got a lot going on in 2021. There's going to be new releases. There's I'm playing a lot more. I'm writing a lot more. I got a lot more coming out. I'm, you know, it's, you cut out the distractions. Sometimes it can really benefit something. And it really does seem to have streamlined a lot of things over here. And I want you guys to benefit from that with more free training, more. If if you do, want to help us keep the lights on here. There's going to be the pay-per-view training that can really help you drill down and get your game up to snuff. We're going to keep doing that and I'm going to get Barry out here for each one of these releases. I I have like two things already I'm cooking up and you know what Barry and I will come out. I'll make Barry I'll make Barry come out. The way I did it with him this way, I figured out don't do an appointment with him. Just like text him and be like, "Come on, buddy, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's get let's go." And then because yeah, he doesn't want that you
0: <laughs> you shocked me. It was shock therapy. I don't, yeah, I don't know <laughs> how you manage this. You know, it's, just, it's a Wednesday, you know, evening. I'm usually sitting eating something just now, watching the TV. I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. God, I'm a, sorry how giggly I've been, guys, but like, I this is this is big for me, human contact. I haven't been doing this, it's been a while. This is pretty incredible. Like, hey, and the connection, I, God, man, God must love the one outer podcast because my internet. I think what happens is they set up the internet infrastructure in Queens to be like used at like 55% capacity or whatever it is, what it be normally, and then. You got everybody on their internet. It's been touch and go, but it's just been sterling throughout this. So, thank God. It's really good to be talking to all of you. I really appreciate all of you tuning into this podcast, being patient with us. Things are looking up. Things are looking up in 2021. Let's just say that, man. Let's just believe it. And you know what? It's going to be the same thing here. We're going to be here to entertain you for free. And if you want to take it further than that, we got. Uh, you can go over to Gumroad, but definitely for free. We are right out here. We're here, and we're going to get through this night. We're going to keep going.
0: Yeah. And on that note, before Alex's internet goes or some construction worker kicks his door, <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let's let's end it there. Um, check out the link if you want to grab that for $89. Remember, you do only have until Monday the 8th of February, so you got five days to act on that if you do want to grab that. Keep your questions coming in, questions at oneouter.com on email, or you can post them on the Facebook group or message me on Twitter at oneouter.com. Until the next time, thanks for listening. Cheers.
1: God bless. Take care, everyone.